This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. We live in just one beautiful reality. We know that, of course. It's the same reality for all of us, too. Scientists and religious folks and all the rest of us alike. For millennia, of course, we've been talking about two approaches to understanding reality. But the problem is that science and religion are mutually exclusive, aren't they? They can't both be right. And neither of them can tell us what our one reality actually is because at this point, they are both belief systems. That's true of science as much as it's true of religion. One is theism. One is atheism. They're belief systems. Neither of them is an open-minded search for the truth anymore. But, as we know, when we study nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent communications from people we used to think were dead, we get an amazingly complete picture of what actually is going on. And what we learn from the dead about our one reality is consistent with both quantum physics and the teachings of Jesus. How beyond wonderful is that? Our guest today is Terry J. She describes herself as a medium for people and pets, an intuitive, a pet psychic, a horse whisperer, an energy healer, and even more. And it's her belief that we all have the same sorts of abilities to work with energies, and that excites me. Welcome, Terry. It's great to be here. I'm so glad to have you. Now, Terry and I haven't talked ahead of time. We, sometimes I talk with guests, and sometimes we don't get to talk. So we're all going to get to know each other together um, today on the air. Um, Terry, tell me about your past. I mean, I know about sort of what you're into now, but how did you get started in all this? That was a really strange uh, thing that happened to me in 1990. I was doing horseback therapy with um, disabled kids, and I actually heard a nonverbal disabled child. Well, I didn't think anything about it, um, and I just carried on this wonderful conversation with him. So the gal that was helping me, she, she was walking the horse, and I was walking alongside. And when we were done, I put him back in his wheelchair, and he went back to class. So she just happened to remark very sarcastically, boy, he sure is talking great. And I said, well, you know, he's very bright. Just because he has CP doesn't necessarily mean that he's retarded. And she said, Terry, he didn't say a word. He can't, remember? And if I was a horse, I would have done a buck fart snort, because you know how they can do all three of those things at one time. <laughs> yes. But so, so you heard him as if he were talking aloud. Exactly. Oh, wow. Okay. So... So anyway, I went into the classroom, and they put this device on his head. It's a, you know, it's a band with a pointer attached to it. And with his head, he had typed out on his computer, horse lady can hear me. Really? Wow. Yeah. And I, I just about turned the corner into the classroom when he had done that. And 
the teacher was looking at him and looking at me and going, what's going on here? And you didn't know so you had any kind of strange, I shouldn't say strange, unusual abilities. No. When my first husband died, I could hear him and I could see smoke hanging in the air because he always smoked cigars. Oh, but, yeah. But other than that, you know, I'm a down-to-earth cowgirl. You know, I'm a manure-shoveling, hay-hauling, <laughs> you know, cowgirl. Yeah. And so this was really weird and out of my realm. I'd never been to a psychic. I didn't believe in psychics. Um, I'd never had cards done. I mean, probably the only weird thing I did when I was a kid is play with a Ouija board, you know, and that was, like, so harmless, you know. Yeah. Wow. Well, anyway, when I went back outside, she made the suggestion that I learn to communicate with the horses because it's the same thing. She said all animals are telepathic, and that's obviously what you're doing is picking up on telepathy. Yes. So, so I mean, I was shocked, but I was so naive about it. I went, okay, <laughs> like, I'm just going to do that. <laughs> and you have to remember, this was back in 1990, and there were, there were no books out there. There was maybe one book. Yes, on, yeah, on that's right. Community. And, uh, yeah, th- this is this is all new. I think that's important for people to understand. All over the world, people like Terry are discovering they have these abilities, and um, you were one of the probably one of the earliest who got tapped this way. And uh, so you didn't really have any place to turn except uh, what is going on with me, and uh, and try to follow it through. So I think yeah, talking to horses makes sense to me. I, I should just say parenthetically for you and for listeners, um, I'm a horse person. I've got my first horse at the age of five, and my last horse in this lifetime died when uh, he he was thirty uh, about five years ago. And I've decided I'm not going to have a horse again till I can have him back. But I I identify with cowgirl. I identify with mucking stalls and hauling hay and all of that. And I identify with Certainly, with being able to communicate with horses, although I my communication was always physical, it was never never what you're able to do. So, so you to, to pick up your story, you you said, okay, I'm going to explore this possibility, this this thing I seem able to do. And what did you do next? Well, I was married to uh, a professional horse trainer at the time, and so we always had horses coming in and going out, and and. Uh, and I was doing the handicap riding program, so I had a great, I always had handicap horses coming in. And so I just started doing it, and, and, and the, the results I got were, were amazing to me. Um, but it's, it's, it's actually been like a journey for me because all I wanted to do was be a pet psychic. And like a year into it, I heard my first dead person when I was doing a reading for a client. Oh, and wow. Yeah, the information was so specific, there's no way I could have made it up. But, but that was kind of spooky to me. So I wasn't <laughs> sure I wanted to, to talk to dead people. Dead animals was okay, but dead people, not so much. Why? That seems kind of prejudiced on your part. Well, I, I wasn't comfortable with what the other side was. I wasn't comfortable with with death, you know, and, and yeah. knowing... I mean, I, I, for, for all I, you know, knew at the time, death was an end. Yeah. You know, now, I, now I know it's just um, leaving the physical. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so you, you, well, you heard this dead, but you were, you were communicating with an animal, 
and a horse, I guess, and you you heard a dead person speak in your mind who was a relative of the of, of the human who was with you? Yes, it was it was their daughter. She just changed subjects. I was doing the horse reading and she changed subjects and said, Did you hear we lost her girl? I said, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then she started telling me what happened that they didn't know that she had a heart condition and she just passed away while she was at college. And then I started getting all this stuff from her and I said, you're talking about doing um, a scholarship in her name. She said, yes, we are. And I said, well, she's aware of it, but it has to be two. She said, tell Dad, don't be cheap. And, I, and she was <laughs> laughing at that. And, and she said, why does it have to be two? And I said, because she had a dual major. She says, oh, my goodness. <laughs> what a riot. Yeah, and then I said, now you were going through her jewelry looking at a bracelet to give her old roommate. She said, yes, I was. She She thinks that's wonderful. And you didn't know you were really psychic. You you sort of thought, maybe I have this thing I can do with animals, but now you're finding you have much deeper abilities. Wow. Right. Right, and so that was even, that was just in 1991. So that's a long time ago when you think about it. Yeah, absolutely right. So the cool thing for me, Roberta, is that I ended up with two mentors. And both of those mentors were energy healers. And one of them helped me to heal my heal myself, get out of ego, get out of my own way. It was very, very productive things to clarify my work so that I was a clear channel. And ego is really a killer when you're trying to do this work. Oh, my Lord. It's a killer in everything we try to do. You're right. No kidding. So the other gal just used and abused me. And she's a very well-known Hay House author, (laughs) but I won't name her. But but she would call me sometimes five and six times a day for a reading. And and in her mind, she was encouraging me to sort of spread my wings and, you know, do work that I might not be comfortable with. So um, she really taught me that there were no limits to it, that I could, I could do anything. And she would buy and sell hotels, and she'd have me look at the deal. So I would oh. look at the deal, how the deal was going, um, and then she had me inspect the hotel remotely. You know, I was on the phone. Oh. So it was stuff like, stuff like that that really got me going. Oh. Uh. So, so all right, so you, you got to the point where you were then, were you still just working with horses, or were you starting to do this as a profession? Well, I think I've really only been doing this full-time about the last 11 years, but I did it part-time from day one. From day uh-huh. one, when I started, you know, I was so intrigued by it, but, you know, it's like, it's like going to your own school. Where you know you know you're trying to raise your vibration, get out of your own way, and you know and to heal yourself. You've got to be healed in order to be able to heal others. Yes, that's true. But the, I think it's very important for people to understand that many people have latent psychic ability, many more than I realized. Um, I think I may have some, and I absolutely suppress it. It's just not my voyage. And uh, to be open to it, as you are, uh, you really can develop it. Um, did you find your powers became greater and greater, and you then were able to do uh, um, healing as well? 
But I have found, Roberta, and this is really important for those that are interested in doing this work, is that the more you can be in surrender, you know, let go, let God, the yeah. more you can be in gratitude, the more you can get out of your own way and not have an ego. Ego means easing God out. The more you can just <laughs> that's good. That's surrender. good. I like that one. Easing God out. Yes. Yes. Ego is definitely the enemy of all of us. I'll have to remember that. That's cute. The thing is that people don't realize is, is that everyone is born with ten senses. We have five physical and five spiritual senses. And the, the spiritual senses are intuition, clairvoyance, clairsentience, clairaudience, and claircognizance. We all have all of those. So it's just a matter of learning to develop them. Huh, good for you. I hadn't heard it that way, but that does make sense. Okay, so people who are interested in this voyage and in, in, in who feel that they're who feel drawn to um, using their psychic abilities, um, how would they get started? I well, mean, it I happened a, to you, I, I, but there, if people haven't had that kind of a wonderful experience, how, how would they get started? Well, I have a great little ebook on my website that actually teaches you how to do it. It's called Intuitive Messenger Boot Camp. I also do workshops all over the country and teach people how to do this. Wow. They can be slanted, they can be slanted towards either pet psychic work or horse whispering work or energy healing or mediumship. So I teach all of those different workshops using the same foundation. Terry, what's your website? It's just my name. It's www. T-E-R-R-I-J-A-Y.com. Okay, no punctuation. That's easy. Okay, terryj.com, T-E-R-R-I-J-A-Y.com, and um, all this information is available. Um, there's a, there, I, I think you have an e-book there, right? Yeah, that's the e-book I was just talking about. It's on okay. The, it's on the product page. Okay, and and that if someone who who is interested in this can begin with that ebook, and uh, and begin to learn how to develop these uh, abilities, at whatever stage you happen to be in. Absolutely, I think the biggest thing that people miss when they're trying to do this work is they ask a question of the universe, and then they wait and wait and wait for the answer, and they go, "Well, uh, it's not working." What they don't realize is that, you know, there's no time in the universe. Right. So it's, you're forming that question in your mind. You've already been sent the answer. Ah. So listen faster is the best guidance I could give anybody that wants to do this work. When you're having a communication with either a dead person or a dead pet or your guides or angels, it sounds like this. Should I, oh, what about, oh, Oh, it's like that fast you're getting the answer. It's that instantaneous. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is very interesting. We're, we're going to take a quick break and come back. We're talking with Terry J., who is an intuitive and, uh, and a teacher of how to be an intuitive and how to be an energy healer and energy worker. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and we'll be right back. Roberta Grimes spent decades reading more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead. 
The result is her book, The Fun of Dying. Find out what really happens next. The Fun of Dying shows you why your mind is eternal. It explains how you can enjoy the death process, and it describes in detail the glorious forever that awaits us all. Now Roberta follows The Fun of Dying with The Fun of Staying in Touch. Learn how our dead loved ones give us spectacular signs of their survival. Learn about the wonderful ways that you can stay in contact with those you love. Go to robertagrimes.com for more information. It turns out that love really is eternal. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Past episodes of Seek Reality can be downloaded for free on iTunes. And thank you so much for joining us today, whenever you have a chance to listen, whether it's when this is being broadcast or later. We're talking today with Terry J., who is, frankly, what interested me about you, Terry, was the fact that you were a horse whisperer, because I know horses are like the best people on the face of the earth. Um, horses are really, well, some maybe not all of them, but most of them that I've known have been really good, square, honest guys and uh, and able to communicate with people very well, even if they don't have uh, uh, this psychic connection. Um, so I love the fact that you, you, you give them voice. What, what, how do you do that? Do you do you? Someone calls you and says, "I got this horse I'm having trouble with, or I want to have a conversation with," and you go visit them, or how do you do it? I do all my work by phone because remember, you know, I'm just like a big cell phone tower. I, right. know, I receive information from the universe and then I pass it on. So all I need is the animal's name, their their breed, how old they are, and what the issue is. Because people don't call me when everything's fine. <laughs> Sometimes they do. To- check in, but usually they call me because there's a problem going on. I do a lot of barrel racing horses, a lot of hunter jumpers, a lot of dressage horses, and, you know, even some some rope horses, but um, they usually call me because there is a problem, and as they're telling me the horse's name and their age and what they're doing with them, boom, I can feel that horse. It's like I can feel every cell in their body. Really? Well, so this is interesting. They're they're calling you from someplace. They say I'm in uh, uh, Toledo, Ohio, and my horse's name is X, and so on. And that's all you need. You the yep. the location and those details about the horse. How interesting. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The funny thing is, when I started doing dead people, that that I did them the same way. I mean, I've seen the shows from the other mediums, and it's as exciting as watching paint dry because. <laughs> You know, when you're doing this work, it's like sitting in a room with 800 radios. Well, what those mediums do is they listen to one radio, then try to find the person in the three to 400-person audience that matches yeah. that person. And yeah. people are clueless. They have no idea. Right. So if I get a name, age at passing, what they died from, maybe what they did for a living, boom, I got that person. It's like you've given me the phone number to connect to. Huh. Do, do the horses know they're talking to you? So you, 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 oh. it's this hunter jumper who, who has, uh, is now shying from fences or doing something not, not, not good. And do you, are you talking to that horse's mind when, when you do this? They're feeling the cells in their body, but are you also talking to them? 
Uh, absolutely. I think it's, 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 you're talking to the whole being. You're talking to spirit, physical, you know, mental, everything. And, and it's so funny, too, because there's so many times I do this and the horses are ratting on their owners. Oh, what? Oh, that's funny. Oh. What do they do? What do they say? Oh, they'll say their, their hands have gotten real strong or they changed bits or, or, um, they're scared now or they're looking down. Um, ah. one longer than the other. You, you cannot believe the details that I get. I'm shocked by the details because they're not my details. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Oh, our horses know us as no one else does. That's interesting. All right. So then, so, so, um, but sometimes they might say, you know, I, I have a pain in this part of my body, uh, and that's making it hard for me to take off or something like that. Well, there's still so many people that don't understand how critical chiropractic and acupuncture is for horses. You know, horses are not designed to be ridden. They're not designed to carry weight. They're not designed to ram and jam with us on their backs. And they're not designed to carry saddles that may or may not fit. Right. You know, they're designed to run from predators and graze. That's what they're designed for. Right. And so if we're going to ride them, they have to have regular chiropractic. And depending on the intensity of the sport, like barrel horses, they need to be adjusted once a month. Same thing with hunter jumpers. Once a month, they need to be adjusted. And And that prevents them from getting into problems. And I've had clients that have said, I just had my horse adjusted. And I said, yeah, but he got cast. You know, he got stuck in his stall. So oh, oh, adjusted. yeah. Okay. And I so he screwed up that. again. I can smell that. How interesting. I, did, it, I guess I never, of course, I've always been a recreational rider and not uh, competitive. And I've never thought of it as, but you're absolutely right. They're not designed to carry us on their backs. Absolutely correct. And so most of the, these horses then that you're working with, they end up with regular chiropractic, um, and that does help them? It, it, most of the time, it, it fixes the problem immediately. My really? veterinarian, My veterinarian really got me into this, and this is, you know, he was one of the first. I mean, we're going back years and years. And um, we would get horses donated to my therapeutic riding program that were basically unrideable, you know, because they had pain issues, and of course the owner that donated it was clueless. Yeah. So he would he would take some of these horses that were, if you did anything other than lead line, which is what we did pretty much, but if you did anything other than lead line, the horse was absolutely dangerous. And and a lot of these there horses were pain. Oh wow! Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And so did he fix them so they were useful again? Right. Absolutely. The, the, the changes in the horses were unbelievable. And, and um, some of the horses got so good, we just thought, well, you know, they're too good. They're too hot for the handicap riding program. So we would just sell them and then put the proceeds back into the therapeutic riding program to buy hay and feed and sure. Yeah. But anyway, he was amazing to me and such an inspiration because he actually went to chiropractic and acupuncture school to prove that it was, that it was, no BS. And he said when he got there, he was amazed because every single animal improved. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I know one person with a, a competitive, uh, actually, dressage horse, and she swears by this stuff. So uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, it's just a, it's just an area I'm not familiar with. Well, that's very interesting. Sorry. Right, so a lot of people don't have horses, but they've got 
cats and dogs that they love and that maybe have issues? Do you talk to them as well? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I was dealing with a gal whose dog had uh, lymphoma. And uh, to me, I, I just had a feeling that the animal wasn't going to make it. But, you know, that's something you don't impart. You don't share that. Yeah. You know? you, um, you, you, you know, because you've given the guidance, that that person needs to try and that what they were doing with the dog was not invasive and not painful. And um, sure enough, last night I saw on Facebook where she had to euthanize the dog. But, you know, I, yeah. I knew three months ago that was going to happen. Um, yeah. But people need to try. They need to try to save their dog. Um, you know, I help a lot of people when they're trying to um, make a decision about euthanasia. It's sort of like, who else are they going to talk to? Because a lot of times the veterinarians... They'll, they'll keep trying and trying and trying because they don't, let's, let's face it, veterinarians don't get paid for working on dead animals. Well, that's true. Oh, yes. Only, that's exactly get, right. I'm not, I'm not planning them. It's just the reality. So I love and it's my vet. very easy, I think, if you're a veterinarian to persuade people who love their, their dog. You know, there is some hope. And, you know, it's the same with, with, with parents. If you have elderly parents... Uh, you know, they the doctor can say, well, we can do this or do that, and, you know, we might she might have a little more time. So often that doesn't make sense. Because our, our, our dog or our cat or our, our mom or dad, whoever, is, has a wonderful place to go. If, if the quality of life is not going to be really, really good, it's time sometimes just to, I mean, obviously you cannot euthanize your parents, but you certainly can save them from having invasive surgery or being hooked up to machines. Um, there are so many people who still live their last days in pain and, and, uh, and uh, unnecessarily. Not Dying is a good experience, and it shouldn't be made more difficult by the fact that we're trying to get a few more days with our parents out of them. Uh, it, it's, um, that's an area where I feel... Really, we have got to grow up as a society. We've got to allow people to have this wonderful experience of dying uh, on our own terms and in our own way. We're starting to do it, but not nearly enough. Well, Roberta, a lot of people aren't aware that um, the, the designation of hospice was specifically derived so that there wouldn't be an autopsy when someone died. A lot of people aren't aware of that. And there are more and more and more people that are dying in hospice of morphine overdoses than they are dying of of their disease. Really? Oh, oh. absolutely. Huh. Huh. Well, I guess we do euthanize our parents after all. Absolutely. Uh. It's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do. And what's really interesting for me to do is I do coma communication. I do... Communication with people that can't, people that have had a severe stroke. Um, I could have communicated with Joan Rivers and helped Melissa with her decision, but obviously she made the right one. Yeah. Um, I can communicate with people who um, are no longer communicative. And, and it's amazing the information that I get from them. It's amazing. I can't make it up. It's too, too specific. Well, for example, all right, someone is in a coma what what is one example of of communication that you were able to do? 
with someone who was... Well, I've done it both when people come out of the coma and when the people die, you know, from whatever is going on with them, that their, the coma is end stage of life. And, and I've done it with both. And it's fascinating to me. It's absolutely fascinating to me. I had a friend who had um, gastric bypass surgery, and it went, it went horribly wrong. And, um, and I was talking with her all the time. Well, and when she came out of the coma, she was telling me things that I had told her while she was in the coma. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty shocking to me. Yeah. And then when, I, when I've done it for end stage of life, um, they've actually made requests, like tell my family this and tell my family that, because we have to remember they're still human. They're still human. When the yeah. spirit leaves, they're no longer human. They're a spiritual being. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I know of other people who are able to communicate with people in comas. Um, they, they're people who, people who, whose brains um, are, in some cases, are really fried, are perfectly able to communicate. Their minds are, of course, unaffected by that and are free of the, the body. So even though the body is still alive, they can communicate. I think that is uh, an area where people will become more and more interested because it would be good to know whether it's okay to pull the plug, for example, do you mind, Mom? I I don't think you're going to live, you know, happily. Mom will say, "Get me out of here." Yeah, pull the plug. I'm happy to have you do it, as you say. Um, Joan certainly would have said. Um, but this Some is these are so, this is really interesting, and it's why you know you're really communicating with the person. Some people have been brainwashed with certain religious beliefs. Yes. They are afraid to die because they are yes. afraid they're going to hell. And, oh, yes. And when you tell them, no, 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 and, and it's almost like, they, you know, the, 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 the children of the parent call me because they're frantic because they can sense this, this frantic fear in their parents. And when yeah. I show them, they actually take their spirit to the other side and show it to them, and then they can let go and pass. So you do that. So you actually give them a glimpse of where they're going. Oh, absolutely, because I can go there all the time. I don't know why, you know, people think that you have to die to go to the other side. You don't. It's just another dimension. It just vibrates yeah. at a high level. Well, that's good that you're able to do that. Yeah, this that's my main gripe against Christianity and against really all religions. Um, they, they're based in fear. They teach fear. And uh, it can be very difficult for people to let go and risk dying um, because they're so afraid. And and what a terrible thing to, that is to do to people. I think it's unforgivable. There's no earthly reason for anyone to be afraid to die. Death is good news. It's a wonderful experience. And so that's, you know, we all have our different sort of voyages in life. And I'm, I'm not psychic at all, Terry, but, uh, or if I am, I'm resisting it. But I am trying very hard to help people understand that there's nothing to fear. Death is a good experience. So, so you're, you're, you're getting a mix then of clients. People contact you mainly through your website or they hear about you from a friend. Yeah, and the only work that I will not do is uh, police work. I, I got in trouble one time, and so it kind of spooked me, and I don't do police work, but everything else I do. Yeah, uh, yeah, I could, I could imagine that would almost be thankless, too, uh, and depressing well, on top of it all. 
the only place you're going to get information is from the perpetrators. So you have to tune into all of that negativity. You have to tune into the oh, perpetrator. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, couldn't you get could, couldn't you get the uh, information from the person who's died? Couldn't you communicate with their spirit? No, because they don't care. You know, this is this is really amazing, Roberta. But people don't understand this. Think of physics. We have to think of physics. Physics is everything. It's even God. You can't think yes. physics is everything. Everything's energy. Everything has a vibration and frequency. Right. The whole God. There can be no exceptions to it if it's an absolute. So, yep. The thing is, is that um, we are a 99% spiritual being in a 1% physical body. When we leave uh-huh. our physical body behind, we return to being pure positive energy. So, and so you're that, saying a murdered person doesn't care about whether they ever find the murderer? Exactly. Is that what you're saying? Wow. Absolutely. Okay, that's news to me. I would think they would care a little bit. No, they don't care because they don't even remember they were murdered. Oh, when isn't that something? When everybody goes <laughs> to the other side, everything that is not a vibrational match to God gets shed off and left behind. Amazingly, that shed off energy, that garbage dump, is what a ghost is. Hmm. It's that, it's that concentrated negative energy. Well, I, there are for sure major negative vibrations, negative entities. Um, I try not to think about them, and I haven't studied them much, but I know for certain that they're there. And so that's as good a theory as any that I've heard as to what they are. Uh, they are human-created. That's one thing I know for sure. There isn't a, a, an organized devil that I've ever been able to find. No, no. But the thing is, is that, you know, negative energy gets shed off, and there's a lot of mediums that do not differentiate between the positive spirit of the person on the other side and that person's negative garbage that they've left behind. I got in a fight with James Van Prague one time when he was in Reno because he said, have you read my new book? I said, what's it called? And he said, Unfinished Business. And I went, what? There is no such thing. And I mean, he went, what? You know, because he's getting ready to go on stage. And I explained to him what I just explained to you. And he said, but I just wrote a book about it. And I said, yeah, but your book is wrong and you're hurting people. You're hurting people. Oh, my people. goodness. It's too bad you're shy, Terry. It's too bad you're shy and you don't want to confront people. I come out of my shell. <laughs> but anyway, it's like I said, you have cognitive dissonance. And he said, what? I said, you have cognitive dissonance. I just showed you with physics, based in physics, science, how what you're doing is wrong. And because you've written a book about it, because it is your belief system, you cannot accept it. He said, no, I can't. I said, okay, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, you can't change that for sure. Well, that's hurts. interesting. So It really so, hurts people, Roberta, and it really frosts my pumpkin when they do it. When they'll frost. say, oh, they, you know, they, they can't move on and they're stuck. And, and that, that's how charlatans make off with, you know, people's fortunes by telling that's them, true. oh, I can help your loved one get to the other side. And it's only $5,000. Oh. Do you really encounter that? You find that happening? Absolutely. Every oh. day. We just had a, a so-called psychic in Gardnerville, Nevada get arrested for doing just that, telling people their loved ones didn't cross. Everybody crosses. Everybody crosses immediately. Nobody needs help. Nobody's stuck. 
you know, the only stuck people are people that are in a coma, persistent vegetative state, or with Alzheimer's or dementia, you know. That, those people are stuck. You know, their, their, their brain and spirit is ready to move on. Their consciousness and spirit is ready to move on, and their physical body is being kept alive. So, um, all right, so people who would like to talk with their pets or with their loved ones just can just go to terryj.com, T-E-R-R-I-J-A-Y.com, and they can make an appointment with you there? Absolutely, yeah. Just go to the Contact Terry page, and there's um, lots of uh, places to email me. That's the best way to get a hold of me, and I usually get in touch with people just within an hour or so of them contacting me. Well, that's great. Well, we're, we're going to be back in a few minutes. We're going to take another quick break. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. You are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really understand that, it will change everything in your life. Our guest today is Terry J. We'll be right back. Afterlife researcher Victor Zamet has long been a leader in the field of helping us understand what is going on. Like Roberta Grimes, Victor is an attorney. Like her, he was dissatisfied with the scientific and religious explanations of reality. So he did what lawyers do. He examined the evidence. And when he drew the same set of conclusions that every open-minded researcher has drawn, he began to educate the world. Roberta considers the free Friday Afterlife report that Victor and Wendy Zamet produce to be indispensable access to fresh information about our one reality. Go to victorzamet.com and sign up to receive their wonderful Friday Afterlife report. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-Z-A-M-M-I-T dot com. It's the best news you'll read all week. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. We're talking today with Terry J., who is a an energy worker, um, a healer, a pet psychic, a human psychic. Uh, a uh, what else would you call yourself, Terry? Well, I call myself an intuitive, a medium, a pet psychic, a horse whisperer, and an energy healer. But that's just part of what I do. Those are the main things that I do. Main things. What else do you do that might be more esoteric than that? Um, well, there just are no limits. I think some of the fun things that I do are like home inspections over the phone. Um, you know, like we talked about coma communication. Um, there's just so many, you know, things that there's, you know, there's just no limit. So, so, um, Home inspection. So people are thinking about buying a house and they want to find out if there are negative entities in the house, that kind of thing? Well, that, but I also can do plumbing, electrical, structural, mold. Oh, um, okay. Mold would be good. Yeah. Yeah. One of the weirdest things I do is I have a client who is a software engineer, and she she does code writing. And she'll call me and ask me, you know, 
so like tell me about this code and and in her language which i have no idea what i'm saying i will <laughs> tell her what's wrong with the code and she just gets hysterical laughing because she knows i have no idea what i just said wasn't that funny well that where would you really get that information would would does a does a discarnate coder give you that information how do you know that and how can you speak her language just comes from the universe. It's just a matter of being open and getting out of your own way and not thinking. Oh, God, thinking is the kiss of death yes. in this world. Yes. So that, 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 stuff think... is, that stuff is pretty fun to do. And, and I've been able to uh, diagnose problems with vehicles. Um, you know, somebody will say, oh, God, my car is not running. And I go, oh, it's the, uh, and I just name off a part that I have no idea what I'm saying. And, uh, one time I got, um, oh, God, what was it? Uh, an emissions thing that was a computer part, and I named it off, and everybody went, what? I go, yeah, that's what it is. And, it, and of course, it was right. So it, it's just bizarre how that happens. It is bizarre. <laughs> One of the other fun things that I do is um, my roommate is a, um, a, um, he's a land surveyor. And so in Nevada, we have a lot of gold mines. And so he stakes out the gold, the gold mine claims. So that, because there are a lot, a lot of them, they try to overlap, and you know, people are really scrambling because of the price of gold. Well, he'll have maps out on the kitchen table, and I walk by him, and I stop, and my little finger starts going, and he'll go, what are you doing? And I go, hmm, just give me a second. And I'm given all this kind of information. All I'm looking at is contour lines. And I will tell him what buildings are there, where the buildings are, and also where, where they're digging, where the tailing piles are, which tailing pile needs to be, um, you know, redone, and also where, they're, where the gold is. And I've been really successful with that. Huh. Okay, well, that's interesting. So are you getting more and more psychic, do you find, as you get older? Because this happened to you. You were already an adult when this happened, right? In the, you were an adult in 1990? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm just, old. Well, I'm older than you are. I'm older than everybody. But uh, but, but I, I respect the notion that you would be fully adult, living your life, not thinking anything new was ever going to happen, and all of a sudden this bolt from the blue happens. You discover you have this ability to communicate first, with someone who is uh, locked in, basically, uh, uh, a non-communicative child, then with the animals, then with the dead, then with the gold that's in the ground and, the, and, the, and whatever is around, the, and with the car and its carburetor or whatever the, the cars have in them. Um, I think that's kind of fascinating. And, and it, it, this happened to you because you were open to it, basically. Absolutely. It's just a matter of not having any preconceived notions and just being open to receive the information. And have, have you ever gotten any information that you thought was probably not right? I mean, has the universe or whoever's communicating to you ever fooled you or given you information you later found was not right? Oh, Roberta, that is such a good question. I was doing a reading on the phone for somebody, and I heard guidance. And then, and then it was like my guides were insisting, and they said, tell her, tell her. And I went, that doesn't feel right. They said, tell her. I went, but that's not right. They said, tell her. And I went, okay. So I gave them this information that I knew with every fiber of my being was wrong. Well, three weeks later, 
later, she called, the gal calls me, and she goes, Sarah, you know that reading you did for me? And I said, oh, yeah, the wrong information. She said, <laughs> what? And I said, yeah, I was supposed to tell you something that was wrong. And she goes, Sarah, you cannot believe what happened. I said, what? She goes, because of that wrong information, this most wonderful thing happened. And I said, oh, my goodness. So what that happened? is better than I did. Oh, how so, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because there, there's no time there, and so it may be that they're giving you information to give her because they know things that will happen in the future because she got this this supposedly now wrong, later correct information. Well, the, it's, that be like why? The, it's like the wrong information took her to the right time, right place. Yeah, how interesting. Okay, so what you're saying is yes and no. Yes, it seems wrong sometimes, but it's you've not had it happen that you've been given information that ultimately proved to be incorrect. Well, but it but it was correct for that person at that point in time. That was what yeah, was yeah. That's that's interesting. Well, what, you're you're obviously open to all this. It's getting to be more and more that you're that you're you're doing these things. So, what's next for you? Where do you think you're going with this? Well, I've got about three books in process, and and I also um, have several television shows in the works, and I'm doing a lot of uh, a lot of radio shows, which I just love to do, especially call-ins where I can you know actually do readings on the air for people. And just, you know, just pretty much staying busy. I work seven days a week in holidays because I love my work. Yeah, isn't and that so great? It, it really is. It's like you're not working. And so I just, you know, I'm just, I'm really staying busy. And I also do workshops, you know, basically all over the country. Anybody can host one and make money doing it, too. So I, I, I tease about age, but um, you, you really are an older person, right? Yeah, I'm 61. Okay, well, that's young to me because I'm 68. But uh, what, what, one of the things that's interesting to me is how many people in their late 50s and older are in this, are doing this kind of work. And many of us had very straight-laced lives and until we were, you know, maybe 50 years old. We, 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 were, we were living normal lives, and we were basically called out of those lives to continue uh, working, but in a very different way. And uh, I don't feel that I chose any of this during my lifetime or consciously, and yet, and yet um, it's what I'm doing, and I love doing it. And, and that kind of is what happened to you as well. This isn't what you set out to do that morning. You went to uh, help that little kid on the horse. Um, quite fascinating, um, and and I think related to the fact that they say that there's an effort ongoing now, uh, being engineered from a much higher level than ours, to raise the uh, spiritual vibration of the planet, to raise the consciousness of the planet, and we're all doing our part. <laughs> it's it's quite. Don't you find that interesting? Don't you see an, a a I've seen, just in the last five years that I've been doing this actively, I've seen a tremendous increase in interest and, and, and open-mindedness on the part of so many people. Don't you find that? Um, you know, I, I've, I've, I'm feeling it myself, and I'm recognizing it in other people. When you start doing this work, you get what are called initiations. And 
initiation is an awareness that your vibration is 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 improving. You know, your vibration is going up. What initiation? Who is initiating you? Um, I would say the universe, God, source. But how do you know you're getting an initiation? You you sort of well, you get re- feel- weird. You get really weird symptoms. Um, first of all, you get aroused for no reason. And it's like every time I, that happens to me, I just go, really? And then I can, it's like I can hear my guides laughing hysterically, rolling on the floor like, ah, we got her. You know, she felt that. And, and the other thing is, is you, um, you start, your hand goes to your breastbone. And it's like there's little sore spots on your breastbone. And they're actually the acupuncture points for thymus. Huh. It's so very interesting. You just get these weird symptoms, and um, and things get clearer and louder. And and um, you, 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 for me, I have a really bad filter, and and I don't have an off switch. So, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get stuff in all the time, whether I want it or not. I mean, yeah, um, pedoph- pedophiles are always pointed out to me. It's like, eh, eh, there's one, eh, eh, You know, what are you going to do? Go up and tell them they're, I know you're a pedophile? You can't oh, do anything right. about it. Yeah, so, right. You get all kinds of information about all kinds of things that, and, and a lot of it, it's like, do I really need to know that? Yeah. So I'm very, I'm out in public. I don't make eye contact at all. I look like I have really poor self-esteem. <laughs> because I huh. make eye I know everything about that person. Yeah. Well, I think that's an interesting caution. Anyone who is interested in maybe thinking, uh, oh, I'd like to be able to be a psychic. I'd like to have these gifts. Uh, the, the, it's not a, an unmixed blessing that you have this gift because you are aware of things that you can do nothing about, which you wish you could do something about. Exactly. Exactly. And there's things, you, you know, I hardly ever watch the news because it's also negative. You know, oh, me too. Fierce. But, but once in a while, I'll have it on, or I'll just be flipping channels, and I'll hear something, and I immediately know what that is. If I watch House, remember that TV show House with the you know the uh-huh. doctor team? Thing? You know, as soon as I hear the symptoms, I go, oh, that's blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, my roommate will look at me and go, what? And I go, yeah, that woman has Cushing's. And he'll go, how do you know that? And he goes, it's, a, it's not a real show. And I said, yeah, but they've got medical um, people that, yeah. that consult. You know, make it real, and I and yeah. an hour. How did you know it was Cushing's? You know, it's just it's just bizarre. I think if Cushing's is a horse disease, but I guess people get it too, huh? Um, yeah, people get it. Horses get it. Dogs get it. Huh. My horse had it for many years, poor guy. Well, we're, we're, we're sort of coming to the end of our time here. This is fascinating. Uh, this whole area of, of spiritual healing, uh, spiritual sensitivity, the fact that so many people can be sensitive who might, uh, you, know, you know, wish to be or might think, you know, I just had a twinge of awareness of something that I, I didn't think I should be aware of. If you think you do have the potential to be psychic or to have these, to, to, to communicate with animals, communicate with the dead, whatever, um, I, I think what Terry is saying is follow that urge and see whether it is your gift. Because we all are given gifts in different ways uh, that we have no 
awareness of in most cases. Uh, and uh, and I think it's fascinating. I really do. I don't want to do what you do, Terry. I really don't want that gift, but some people would like it. And Terry J can help. T-E-R-R-I-J-A-Y dot com. Uh, you might contact her and maybe read her ebook and um, and see if it fits what your voyage is meant to be. Uh, you'll you'll be able to tell if this is something you should be doing. You'll be able to tell. Meanwhile, I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and The Fun of Staying in Touch, which explores the ways in which our dead loved ones give us signs of their survival and the many ways we can contact them, brand new ways in some cases. My novels include My Thomas, which is about Thomas Jefferson's beautiful marriage and the American Revolution. My Letters from Love books are novels that follow three generations of a wealthy American family and explore how we can use what we're learning from the dead to make human life finally work. That's why I'm writing those books. I'm having so much fun. It just should be illegal. I'm having so much fun doing it. You'll find details about all my books plus my blog. And please read my blog. I have so much fun writing that too. At robertagrimes.com. <clears throat> We've been talking with Terry J., who seems to be one of those people who is a force of nature. I think we'll have to have you back, Terry, and just uh, have more conversations about things you've done in your life with this wonderful gift. Please join us next week. Our guest will be Robin Reynolds. She lost her son. She and her partner had a son they lost at the age of 20, and they embarked upon an extraordinary journey that ended up in a book. And don't miss this story. It's extraordinary. It's heartbreaking, and it's ultimately very uplifting. Meanwhile, of course, please go to afterlifeforums.com. Join the discussion there. And now, go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.